Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of It's About Bravo. I'm Modesto. I'm Reed. And I'm Annie. And it's been a fucking week in Bravo, so let's just get straight into... That's my opinion! Okay, so a little bit of a trigger warning. Um, There was some really intense stuff that came out of the reality TV world this week uh, on Bravo and also not on Bravo. So on Bravo... I'm not watching Below Deck Down Under, although I did start season one yesterday. I was just curious. And Maddie told me not to uh, watch season one of Down Under. She said it's really boring. But I watched the first episode and I thought it was pretty good. Um, Apparently on this new season, though, season two, um, there is like an attempted sexual assault um, that pretty much is caught on camera. And um, the captain and the chief stew immediately address it they get this guy kicked off the boat i think there was also a steward a girl on the on the crew that encouraged it or diminished the victim in some way um it's hard for me to give details since i haven't fully watched it but this is a podcast about bravo we should probably talk about it um because they're getting a lot of praise for how they handled the situation this person these people these two people were fired immediately on camera yeah, I'll think? get into it. I watched it. I'm watching this season. Um, I loved the first season too, so I think you should absolutely watch the first season. If you watch Below That's Deck, really good. yeah, if you watch Below Deck Med, Aisha was one of the. I think she was like third stew on Below Deck Med. Yeah, but, I they introed her and she's like, "I'm finally Chief Stew," and they showed like some flashbacks of her. Yeah, med, she was on that. two seasons of Below Deck Med. She was third stew, then moved up to second, and then now she's one of the best chiefs. I think she's the best chief we've had since. Kate and Hannah, she handles situations really well. Like she's not combative like Kate and Hannah were. Um, this guy Luke gave serious, like serious date R word vibes the second that I saw him. Like he forced kissed this girl the first night that she was on the boat because she wasn't on the first like two episodes. Dude. She came later, the third two. And I was and like, is he new to season two, Mo? He's, yeah, yeah, he's brand new. Okay. Um, he was just super like I was watching it and I was like, oh, this guy is a creep um and he's attractive he's very like conventionally attractive he's like has this cool aussie style so like he is definitely that kind of guy that plays into his attractiveness and is like really skeevy what happened is they all went out um margo the chiefs or the third stew blacked out completely um they got home and on below deck there's cameras in their rooms 24 7 um he was naked in a towel and Aisha was like, basically like, leave her alone. Don't go into the room. Like, she's really drunk. We're all drunk. Everyone needs to get to bed. We have, you know, the charter in the morning. The power went out on the boat. So one of the um, deck hands was up trying to fix it and the power went out. So all the cameras went out in the room. And then he was seen going into her room and Aisha like, and production kind of ran in. And when production came in, he was laying in bed with her naked. And production was like, you need to get out. And then he slammed the door on production and closed it. And was like, get the fuck out I of here. I saw naked. that clip. It gave me a yeah. chill. He was like, I'm naked. And they were like, no, you need to get out. And then Aisha Exactly, came, you're naked. Yeah, like, get out. Aisha went into the room and was like, hey, um, did you know that he came in here naked? And she was like, ill, what the fuck? No, like, I'm asleep. And he asked her, like, when he came into the room, he was like, he literally verbatim said, like, are you 10 out of 10 or like nine out of 10? Like asking her how drunk she was. And then she was like, I'm 10 out of 10, like get out. And he was like, you're sure you're not nine out of 10? Like basically trying to get her to consent with how drunk she was. Um, and that was caught on the mic packs. Um, Cause there was no like real camera footage. Cause everything had like kind of blacked out. Um, and then Aisha after that was like, just go to bed, lock the door. Um, 
closed the door, went to the captain and was like sobbing because Aisha on her season had shared her experience with sexual assault and how she was sexually assaulted. Um, I don't know if it was on a boat or like after a charter, um, but she got like really deep with that on below deck med. Um, and then she, yeah, she had the captain come down. He immediately grabbed the keys open because Luke locked himself into his room once he knew he was caught. And the other guy who was staying in his room had to stay in one of the primary rooms. Um, he was like, get off the boat like right now. And he was like, what do you mean? Like, what did I do? And he was like, we'll talk about it in the morning. You have to go now. This fucking little bitch, Laura, Laura, disgusting. She steward. Yeah, she has been disgusting the entire time. She has just been like a nuisance. Um, she also knew. She's season? also new. Yeah, she's okay. also new. Um, so I would only- not see any of these people on the first season that I'm watching. Okay. Um, you'll see Culver and you'll see Aisha. So Culver was brought right. in like episode two or three of this new season. Um, it's hard because like Maddie said last episode, they released two episodes at a time. So uh, the episode count is off. But sure. anyways, um, she went right after she was like, Luke, what's wrong? What's wrong? And he was like, the fucking camera crew. Like, get- I didn't I was going to do anything to her um and she was like basically trying to console him in the room and then the next day when he was fired she was like sobbing and went to margo and was like that sucks that he was fired and margo's like no like it was really uncomfortable and she's like well he wasn't gonna rape you like verbatim said those words and she was like you're sexual i'm sexual like we're all sexual and then she was like um he should have got a warning and she was like well actually he should have just came into my room because i would have like given it to him and she was like you were giving him signs like all night long what a little pick me horror pick me whore and then she just kept on doing it so margo went to asia and was like hey this is making me really uncomfortable asia went to the captain and was like this is what happened he brought her up and he's like you need to go like immediately like you are not i'm trying to get this situation like done with and i want to move forward with the crew that i have and the comments that you're making are so inappropriate And he brought up the fact that she, one of the guys, um, she was hitting on all night and he was like, please leave me alone. Like, I'm not into this. He was drunk in bed, like laying down, but he was awake. And she got on top of him and started like scratching his back and was like, come on, like, it's so easy. And he was like, please leave my room. Um, So kind of the same situation, but he was like awake and coherent. But he was like, you need to like get out. Like, I don't want any of this. Um, And she was like, okay, well, like, do I need to leave now? And the captain just looked at her and was like, immediately no, <laughs> like, like right now get your shit can i like hang out a little bit yeah she was like can i like and he was like no no like there's no goodbyes like you need to immediately exit my boat now it was one of the best episodes i think like the best episode of below deck it was wild the fact that they didn't do a trigger warning in the beginning with like sexual assault was kind of wild but um i didn't expect that at the end of the episode and the way that asia and the captain handled it was immaculate they are like 10 out of 10 they're getting a lot of praise um and yeah, I mean, I am, I do plan to catch up, so I, I should see it for myself, but apparently it just really disturbing. A lot of people on the internet being like, you know, even just hearing that girl say, I didn't even know, like people were like, this is bringing me to tears. I think it, you know, it really like illuminates like a problem that we all know exists. Right. But shows like this, like this is kind of something that I appreciate about reality TV is that sometimes they can illuminate like real world issues, you know, like a lot of times reality TV gets like dismissed as like trash TV and like, it's not worth watching. And I just feel like these things are important and like, it's, it's awful that it even happened, but for it to be like, for this person to be caught on camera for the reckoning to happen on camera, 
and they handled it exactly the way they should have, right? Like no uh, zero tolerance policy, get off the boat. I think it like, it's important for people to see that, right? It's important for men to see that, to know that like, this isn't something that you can just do. Maybe you got away with it 20 years ago, but like we've moved on as a society, you know? The fact that he did this on camera is wild. Cause what did he do? I want to know every girl that he's hooked right. up with quote unquote, everyone that he, those, I think one of the creepiest moments was when he was trying to get her to consent with the, like, are you nine out of 10? Are you 10 out of 10? Like how drunk are you? Disgusting. Like you're a fucking pig. It's yeah. I mean, I, it, like you said, it's wild that we uh, like real life moments do shine on on reality TV. And there has been a lot on Bravo where you get not like these fake plotted storylines where you get these real life things that happen. And this is something that was really fucking disturbing, but it brought light to like s- situations like this. Cause reality TV is so like, let's get drunk and let's party and let's hook up. And it's like, and what happens in those environments, right? Sexual assault. And to your point, like how often does this happen to to people that isn't caught on a reality TV show camera? It's it's really disturbing to think about. Um, quick pivot away from Bravo to the CBS world, but trigger warning racism. This guy's name was also Luke. So uh, bad week for a, Luke's. Not a good week to be named Luke because this guy on Big Brother. And here's the thing. Annie and Maddie plan to do some another below deck Patreon maybe next week. So they might get into that more. Um, and then we're also me, Maddie and Mo really want to do a Patreon next week on big brother. So we're hoping to get into all of this. Yeah, more. We're going to do a, a few. So like get, yeah, we shouldn't yeah, just wait till the we're end, planning right? to do like at least so much, at least one every few weeks with big brother, because I, there's so many. And it's like, yeah, it's fun to, I want to do like an initial opinions, like soon. And, and there's so many fans. Can... Everyone watches. Yeah. That but anyway, uh, I'll try to be quick, but this guy, Luke pretty much was a douchebag from the beginning. I mean, everyone was like, he, <laughs> Maddie joked that he looks like Kyle from last season, who was also racist and got kicked off the show. Um, like he looks like Kyle, like a little bit more grown up. Well, Kyle and... didn't get kicked off. He like, they like swept it under the rug. Well, yeah, with Kyle. This is like they, the first time that they've had a no the first time, Yeah, because last year, Kyle did something that they caught on the live cams. And then CBS spent weeks trying to not address it. And finally, Michael and Brittany as players addressed it. But even then, it felt like they were only doing that to save their own ass because they knew that people had been watching for weeks. And so there was this Kyle had like a really protecting good, Kyle. He had a really so good this, standing in the house, too, is what the yeah. problem was, that he was going to make it really far. He did make it really yeah. far. So this year, uh, this season, um, Luke very early on on the live feeds dropped the N word in front of castmates, including a black castmate. And you could tell that everybody in the room was very uncomfortable and they all kind of handled their discomfort differently. Jared kind of tried to like laugh it off, which he's getting some heat for, but I don't even want to go there. Uh, The other two who are not black just left the room, but everyone. The one guy was was like, like, you need you need to go to bed, dude. Like, yeah, and 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 on, on, on Twitter for the next couple hours yesterday, everyone was hashtag stop protecting Luke and CBS always recruits a racist every year and blah, 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 blah. And then within hours, CBS announced he's gone. Like it'll be addressed in thir- tonight, Thursday night's live show. So people are also applauding CBS for how they've handled this, not to say that they've handled it the right way in the past, but years of fans demanding change and players demanding change. And we are seeing that change start to happen. Um, it's just unfortunate that it even 
I mean, it's week one, which is wild, but like OG Big Brother fans, if you remember like season 15, the most racist season of all time, where you had like Aaron who was saying the wildest shit, like literally she told an Asian woman to go eat rice or go like it. She said really, really crazy shit to people's faces. And then she made it to final five. Mind you, that's like three months in the house. And when she had her exit interview, Julie Chen read her for filth and brought up every clip and was like, oh, what about this? And you said this. And she was like, uh, yeah. and like the fact that they immediately got rid of him as opposed to letting him stay because yeah. he gave me and vibes that he, he would have like flew under the radar. He would, didn't have an alliance. So he either would have been a pawn or he would have flew under the radar long enough to make it in that house for a while. Cause right. he, him getting evicted isn't going to change the game because he truly, there's, We'll get into this more in our Big Brother recap, but there's two big alliances standing in the house, and he was in neither of those. But just a wild week for reality TV, and it's like, we're really in this era where you can't say off-kilter shit on reality TV anymore, because you're going to be held accountable for it. And it's well, like, finally. Reality, reality TV is like a microcosm of of the real world, especially big brother where they're in this place 24 seven being recorded. They let their guard down. They start to be themselves and we see them for who they really are. And unfortunately we see them, some of them be racist and it's like, it's painful to watch. Cause it's like, this is how people are in our society. Like big brother is just a sample, a sample of our population, you know? And like, there are Luke's out there. There are Kyle's out oh. there. There's you know? more than you can, the way that that word flew out of that man's mouth. So, so seamlessly, so easy. That is in yeah. his everyday vocabulary. He uses it in his vocabulary. And he tried to cover it up with the word dude. He was like, uh, dude, like right yeah. after. And it's like, no, buddy. Get the show no remorse. So anyway, you, fuck you Luke, comfortable fuck saying all that the black. Uh Speaking of racial <laughs> issues, the Montgomery fight. <laughs> Racism yeah. getting their ass kicked. <laughs> I live. Okay. So yeah, go into that, Mo. Something else I came am- out about that this week. I'm obsessed with this boat war that's been that went on the internet where a bunch of racist white people beat up and jumped a black man for um, doing his job and telling them to move their boat because a larger boat was coming. This man was not only security, he was the captain of the very large boat that was coming. These white people jumped him. And when I tell you every person of color in a five mile radius ran up to that dock and beat the living shit out of every white person on that boat. It was, listen, I'm not one to condone violence, but I was Team Monique. Uh, he lived for every view of it, every commentary, and each of those motherfuckers on that boat that jumped that poor man doing his job got arrested. It was very much, listen, a lot of people are coming out in the Bravo community standing with Jason Aldean, and to twist his own song, they tried it in a small town. <laughs> And they got oh, their asses no. handed to them. You just reminded me that Sutton said she loved so Jason listen, Aldean. Do you guys, Annie, are you hip to the Jason Aldean drama? No. Okay, Jason Aldean had this Also, really, hi, Annie. Hi, Annie's <laughs> been here the whole time. She just doesn't want Annie, do you have any, like, opinions on anything we've talked about? Sorry. <laughs> I was just associating. <laughs> It is kind of, we've been talking about really depressing shit. So if you're we have kind been, of depressed, um, I can see Annie's face. She just, I can, like, the energy's just gone. Like, sorry, we kind of started off on a really somber note today. We really, yeah. Um, the Jason Aldean stuff. So Jason Aldean released this really racist country song, like, in a small Try town. that in a small town. Yeah. Try that in a small town. Um, and he released the video in front of, like, 
uh, I don't know. It, it's a bunch of really, really racist shit. And well, the out. lyrics just talk about like once the sun goes down, you're in danger. And like there used to be actual sundown laws in the South where if you were a black person and you were in the city limits after sundown, you could get lynched or killed. And so it, it and didn't he do the music video at the place where that law was overturned? He yeah, did the, in front of the it. courthouse where yeah, that law was overturned. Like he tries to act like he's trying to act like it has nothing to do with race. And he's just talking about small knit communities being close with each other. But when you really, even if, and I'm giving him a big benefit of the doubt here by saying this, even if he didn't intend on that being racist intentionally, all you have to do is dive one inch beneath the surface. And well, I think the music video shows very coded. Well, also his, like, let's not forget his wife being a massive transphobe and Marin Morris making those Mm t-shirts, unhinged, unhinged country star. And then giving all of the proceeds to LGBTQ um, foundations and charities. Well, it started with Madison LaCroix, who posted a picture with Brittany Aldean and said, love Jason Aldean at his concert. Then the next night, um, Kim Zolciak Beerman went to the Jason Aldean concert. And well, I think, I'm not surprised about that one. I think she just wanted press. Um, and then um, Sutton commented under either Madison's or Kim Zolciak's post and was like, love him. Sutton, it is girl. Girl. I knew you were that girl. No, I color? Just, I've all... Sutton. When it comes Sutton. to Sutton, listen, I can't see I'm blonde. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's it's problematic. Can I say, Honestly, can I say something should... though? Yeah. This weekend, <laughs> I, cause you, cause you said Kim Zolciak Beerman this weekend. I finished season 10 of real housewives of Atlanta and at the reunion, the way they all collectively whack Kim Z over the head. I didn't know that I need Andy in a camera was actually a line from a show. I thought people just said that. So when they're like, I need Andy in a camera, I fell to the ground. You guys, it was with Kim Zolciak in the back. And that's where the famous candy thing is with the, what do you mean? <laughs> I know. I'm like, so I'm living, guys. There? I'm watching history unfold before my very eyes. Literally, that's the history that we need to be protecting. Um, Wait, I can think- I tell you something? I Please think do. I'm having like, um, what's that thing called? Where uh, it's like Deja a vu? no, the Mandela effect or something. Vertigo? What's the Mandela effect? <laughs> I, I keep seeing that around this week. I've seen people say it. I think that's when you're like living in a parallel universe because like multiple people remember things differently. Like the yeah, Berenstain like Berenstain or Berenstein yeah. Bears. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the Monopoly guy or like there's Britney Spears. Did she have the microphone on the whole time in the Oops, I yeah. Did It Again video? She didn't have it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, but I was, for some reason, I always, I thought that um, the I Need Andy in a Camera was from when uh, Danielle Staub was like freaking out in her dressing room about not sitting next to him. No, that was that was a similar vibe for sure. Like Daniel Staub is very Kim Z coded. That was just really funny because he truly just went to her and was like, "Girl, you're sitting there. Don't come out." (laughs) And she was like, "Well, okay, I'm gonna come out. I'm gonna come out on that chair at the very end of the stage." The only other thing that I had for that's my opinion was that uh, Whitney Rose seemed to confirm that salt lake is coming back after labor day maybe the tuesday after labor day and i joked on twitter that i think tuesday is bravo's shit night because like i feel like sunday and wednesday are the most exciting housewives and then on tuesday they like try to sneak in like last year it was oc's bad season this year this year it's jersey it's like tuesday night seems to be like for the boring housewives i don't know because ah, um salt lake city was always on sundays after potomac or wednesdays yeah um and 
Roni, old Roni used to be on Wednesdays. Beverly Hills is I've been on Sundays yeah. and Wednesdays. The only ones I've ever seen on Tuesday, I think, are what um are Jersey and OC. Um, Mary's confessional leaked as well. So Miss Mary is back in the chair. She's back part-time. Okay. We I'm ex- uh, the Salt Lake City trailer. If it doesn't drop today, it'll drop, I believe, like Monday or Tuesday. It's it's ready. If there's leaking of confessionals, then people have the people have it. We'll keep our eyes peeled. We'll keep our eyes peeled. Guys, let's get into the Real Housewives of New York City. has the potential to turn people the wrong way. You came off the wrong way like you always kind of do sometimes. What do you mean I always kind of do? Perfect, you're supposed to like support me. Yes, but how can I support you when your tone of voice sometimes is not the most, what's the right word? So you're calling me a bitch? I will never say that. Potential tendencies? in your tone. You just call me a bitch. Guys, it's kind of like Jessel's season. I feel like everybody online either, like, everyone really hates her, but she is such a, like, decisive, like, it's really like you love her or you hate her or you just appreciate the fact that she is kind of made for reality TV. Um, she has no self-awareness. She is completely insane. She's horrible to her husband. Like that conversation that we just showed the clip of with her husband felt like a, like when your manager brings you in for a peer talk and HR is there and you know that you are absolutely guilty of everything that HR and your manager is about to say and you're gaslighting them to being like, so you're calling me a bitch. You're calling me a horrible employee. How dare you? How like, ma'am, you have not showed up to work for three weeks. You have been late every other day. You've not turned in any of your assignments. Oh, so I'm a bitch. I'm a bad employee. It was giving I felt very like bad. Her husband, her husband collected her all the way together. All well, the you way have a fuck. lot of experience with those types of conversations, it sounds like. Annie, you can fuck the fuck off. <laughs> oh, I could totally see Mo being a Jessel and being like, so you're calling me a bitch. <laughs> I will, listen, I will girl boss and gaslight myself out of any situation. The fact that I have made it so far into my career and have the positions that I have, <laughs> gaslit and girl bossed. So last week you were saying we, that all that talk about the shakshuka and they didn't even have shakshuka. And then this week they had the shakshuka. Yay. Finally. Finally. Um, Sai hated the shakshuka. Um, provisions is the eighth housewife. Provisions so is Lizzie. I was watching with uh, some friends and Mo, I know that you love Sai. When she, at that point, when she was complaining about the shakshuka, I had a friend say she's starting to piss me off and I kind of agree. Like she's a little bit too much of a complainer. Um, I looked at, I was watching it with Colson, my boyfriend, and I looked at him and said this, they should be called the real housewives of complaining because all <laughs> they, do, all they have done this season is fucking complain about nothing and everything. About food. About anything though, like food, the socks, like any girl, take your fucking shoes off. You guys are at a, like a girl's dinner. Who the fuck? No, cares? no, no. That was not. That was rude. That was not okay. I mean, thank God she warned them because, like, I definitely need to be warned because it is part of my outfit. I I'm agree. Not, I'm not taking my shoes off. 
Jews are part of a look. And I have some friends who come from Asian households and in, in Asian culture, you do not wear shoes in the no. house. And I respect that. You leave your shoes at but- the door. Like my friend, Nicole, who's Asian, has um, she's Japanese and uh, Chinese. She has the, her, like a big shoe rack before you even enter her apartment. And I always take my, my shoes yes. off there. One and of my friends has the same thing. It's like even like my before, friend Sam, who's not she's Italian, but she is just like I don't want like shoes. I don't like the dirty New York into my home, so we always take our shoes off at her home too. But when we are at her house, it's less of serving looks, more of chilling yeah. girls' night. But my thing okay. is like, yeah, wear the shoes and then just mop afterward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're and you're like filming, and of course they want to look cute. But um, okay, what was? Oh my gosh, what was the uh, Asian housewife's name on um, Dallas? Tiffany. Tiffany. Okay. I have to say, I was really upset. Um, there was one episode where she, someone came in and she was like, no, no, there's no shoes in this household. And the entire time they were all hanging out, she was wearing like Louboutins because they were like her shoes from her closet. So that was okay. And I was like, no, I was trying to look and see if, um, if Sai was wearing shoes because sometimes people will do that where like they can wear their shoes because their shoes didn't just come from outside. And then it's like, you're wearing your heels, but I'm wearing socks. Absolutely not. And it's irrational because germs are in the air guys. I really don't think that like, I know New York is very dirty and yeah, but like, Mop, but like mop after so, yeah like you're not getting any more germs that's personally not shoes. that's not my thing i would never i that's just not my vibe like you wear your shoes in your home i'm all about a look you're serving a look the look is full the look is complete we we clean our house like pretty much every few days deep clean it so I, it's okay we'll clean it. if yeah. i'm inviting you over i'm expecting you to come serving the absolute most cunt and if you i'd rather you serve cunt if you're not serving cunt leave yeah. shoes or not just leave um i think that jessel's accent is fake there i said it because it doesn't it's not consistent it comes in and out but the thing is she's like madonna up in here she's like madonna up in here i just watched it recently where she was like had the british accent and she was like it's so hot in here you really like i'm gonna leave that clip she's like i'm gonna leave this interview i'm gonna leave i'm gonna die i'm gonna physically die turn the air on He's like, I'm freaking out that the air is not on in here. It's it's like it's getting unbearable. I can't even think to answer these questions right now. <laughs> Unhinged. Um, I don't like, I mean, she's lived in America for so long that maybe she's like picking up on both accents. I don't but fucking she's, know. She's like trying to really cling to it. Like, have you guys I'm seen prob- I'm like, I'm kind of problematic. Like, if I sit around a person with an accent for a long time, like a British accent especially, like, I will pick it up. Like, I have done this to really, really rich clients who have accents, and I've I've (laughs) spoken in, like, their accent back to them and been like, oh, just kidding. I know that I would be that. I know that I would be that annoying bitch that if I moved to London for a year, I would come back with, like, a little bit of an accent. And I hate that about myself, but I just know that it's true. I'm (laughs) self-aware enough to know that I would absolutely be that bitch. I'd come back, like with yeah. a bigger drug habit i'd smoke cigarettes <laughs> i'd i'd be fully british uh so with jessel and her husband in that conversation you know it's clear that it it's bothering her now that the girls have brought it up like it's bothering her that they haven't had sex it didn't seem like it maybe bothered her before and her husband just seems so like that's just the tax we pay as being parents and i just am curious like i i think i get it like if i had th- that you many get in it somewhere and- else for sure right you think Absolutely. Or do you think they're? Or do you think they're truly just so tired and busy? No, I all think the time? anyone that's like, it's okay. We don't have to have sex, babe. Like, it's fine. That's just we're we're parents. Not just be, but could he? Couldn't to be fair? Could he not just masturbate and like that's yeah. what he's doing? 
I think that he's just like super obsessed with her. And so he's just kind of letting her call the shots. So like, he's just like, whatever, I, I, I want to be with you. So like, whatever that means, if that's a sexless life, like that's fine with me. Cause she even referenced that he was like, all oh, like, like in love with her for like years before they got together and all this kind of stuff. And I just feel like she just is like enjoying being worshiped and she can just kind of do whatever she wants, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure where I, if I think he's stepping out or if he's obsessed, like those are two very different extremes mm-hmm. that we've proposed here. So I, only time will tell, but overall, I, I really liked this episode. Uh, we haven't really talked about the meat of it in my opinion, which is Bren. They have Bren's giving a friend's giving in honor of Bren and Bren opens up a lot about growing up biracial. I was, I mean, myself and my friends that were watching, we were silent that entire scene. I was just captivated by her story and it moved. I was really, the way that she was talking to the producer in the confessional and she was like, I I can't, I'm not doing it like ever, like no. And then she broke down and was like, I can talk about like this part of it, but not this part of it. And it's wild to just, first we get into her with the hairdresser and getting into growing up biracial. That was eye-opening. That was eye-opening and how she had textured hair her entire life and how her grandma didn't know how to work with her hair. And the only experiences that she's As a white man, I would have never known that. I thought she just had silky red hair. Like I know. Like a a white girl would. Like, I didn't think about, like, all the complexities, you know? I know. My boyfriend didn't know that she was mixed race. He was like, I really just thought that she was, like, a ginger white girl with a lot of hair. And he was really silent during that scene, too. And he's like, holy shit, that was really eye-opening. And her saying that, like... The only experiences that she had with black women were at that salon and they taught her how yeah. tough to be, how to be tough and how to be funny and how to be just the strongest women that they are. And she was like, it was like a second home to me. And it taught me the culture that I didn't have because my father's side of my family wasn't in my life. And I was only raised yeah. by my white grandmother and it taught me, you know, how strong black people can be. And when she said that, like, she was embarrassed to say that she was biracial because of where she was in in Indiana, which Annie, you're from Indiana, um, yeah. So my husband was actually in the room, like when this part of the episode was on and she said, I, I was born in South Bend and I want to, I went to like an all white school and he was like, do you know her? <laughs> like South Bend, that's where Notre Dame is. Not yeah. Too far but my, from parents Chicago, Dame. my parents went to Notre Dame. My parents went to Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and she went to a college that, uh, a lot of my friends and family members went to. So I was texting up a storm last night being like, do any of you guys know this woman? <laughs> do you know Brenda yeah. Field? I think, yeah, it's very much like, uh, you know, I think her experience is one that a lot of people who are biracial can relate to because my friend is biracial. He was raised by his Asian side of his family and didn't doesn't really have a super close connection with his black father. And I think he was who I was watching this with. And I could tell that it really he, we both already loved Bryn, but I could tell when she was telling the story. I mean, you could hear a pin drop in my apartment. We were so quiet and I could tell it was really moving him because I know that he's expressed similar experiences of you only when you're only raised by one side of your family, when you're biracial, sometimes you might feel like you don't belong in like your own skin or you don't belong with like part of your identity. And to hear her like verbalize that it really just, I have so much empathy for her and I want like the world for her. It's wild too. Cause when you look like physically, like you look more like one of the sides of your race and the other Mm -hmm. side is absent 
um it's wild that's like such a it's it was so isolated yeah it was so so captivating you're like caught between two worlds of like wanting to fit in but then wanting to like embrace your culture and be proud of it yeah but not over last week i have to like i have to chastise myself real quick because last week i was sort of skeptical about her when she made the comment white people are so weird when she couldn't figure out the fridge and remember how i kind of i I was kind of dismissive of that and i was like bren come on like, what do you mean yeah. why people are so weird? You're white. But after hearing her story this week, I was like, I passed judgment too early. Yeah. Well, um, I also was going to say like a woman's relationship with her hair. I know it was like very complicated. It's like kind of like your mm-hmm. identity. Like I was always like naturally blonde. And so now I'm like always going to have to dye my hair blonde. I feel like that it's fading to like feel like even like myself. Like, and, but that's, but I mean, that's why I, I uh, am always like pretty, uh, uh unwilling to kind of comment on someone's hair because you don't know like what they want their hair to look like and some people don't have the same options and it's like it is a big part of your identity and mm-hmm. it's tough like yeah to and I'm a white it. guy so I really don't feel like I yeah I, I try well, not to go there either you know because yeah, it doesn't well, feel like it's my like no and obviously I I'm not going to go there because I I'm a white woman, but like, I just know that like, there's so much more that goes into that and it's expensive and she well, has that to scene showed it. and all that kind of stuff. Like it's, there's a lot that goes into just even trying to like maintain your natural hair. Like, I don't mm-hmm. even, I couldn't even begin to, you know, understand all of that, but it's tough. Yeah, it's also really beautiful the relationship that she had with the hairstylist. Like it felt like they were like bonded, like they knew each yeah. other. Yeah, I mean, like, she just to go in every week. Like, yeah, yeah. Like that's just it's such a personal relationship and she gets to like the hairstylist brings out like a cult the culture that you know Bryn said she was missing growing up and it kind of like felt like that experience takes her back to when she was a kid every Saturday once a week going to the hair salon um for mm-hmm. hours on end it was a, such a good scene and then we get to the end where she was talking about the abuse that went on with her family and all that and that yeah. scene was even I was, I had like tears. I cried multiple times in this episode. Yeah, I, I cried with Uba and her mom. Like I immediately, my boyfriend and I both took out our phones during that Uba scene and texted our mom and said, I love you when we were done Aww. with it. I was crying. Yeah. I actually, I haven't seen my mom in like maybe like five or six weeks since I moved. Um, and I went to her apartment that night. Well, my, my sister was in town and she was leaving. So I wanted to kill two birds with one stone. And I was like, I want to see my mama. <laughs> I miss her. Um, but it was that scene was just really heartbreaking with Uba and her talking about losing her mom and how much she misses her mom. And at the end of it, when she was like, if you if your mom's in your life, make sure you keep a relationship with her because it's really hard when she's not there. Like, keep good standing with your mother. I was going to say that with that scene, you know, what's so interesting is that Aaron being so unwilling to talk about this part of her life and saying that on camera actually made her seem more real to me when you juxtapose that to like candy, not wanting to talk about certain things on Atlanta, Erica Jane didn't want to talk about certain things with Tom. Denise didn't want to talk about certain things. Most of the time when housewives don't want to talk about something, we, we, it it backfires on them and we don't, we view them as fake or like they're hiding something, but it was the opposite effect for me with Bryn where it was like, Oh my God, she's so real that like, she's a human just like me. And she literally cannot talk about this without breaking down in tears. And that's why she refuses to talk about it. It actually made me like her more that she set that boundary with the producers in her first season ever on Housewives being like, sorry, but I cannot go there. It yeah, actually it wasn't made- like I'm going to protect myself or my image. It was I emotionally can't go there right now. And I think that what is going on with this Roni and there's people who are hating it and calling it slow or whatever. I'm personally loving it because 
we, we're in a first season. We're in four episodes of a first season of a Housewives franchise. And they are, everybody across the board is opening up so deeply. We have had each and every single one of them open up about things that are going on in their life without, without holding anything back. Bryn, like we just said, emotionally couldn't go there yet because it was too raw and too tough. And we did see her go there a little bit. But everybody is going there and everyone's giving us so much insight into their life and why they are bringing this version of themselves to the group scenes. And we're getting all of that in four episodes. And it's so good. It's so captivating. It's not housewives fighting. It's not drama because these women don't know each other. They are showing themselves to us first. And that's what these fucking housewives fans who are complaining and the ratings are 400,000. Throw it, throw it away. Well, great. You guys are used to this fucking 10 seasons in people are fighting about bullshit like in Atlanta with you're fighting about did two housewives kiss three seasons ago during a fucking party. That's that's exciting. No, we're listening to real life women talk about diversity, talk about marital issues, talk about relationships with their parents. You have Jenna talking about her mother. You have Bryn talking about her absent parents like this is really captivating stuff. And that's why I'm enjoying the Roni reboot. Yeah, well, I was going to say a couple of things. I mean, one, I I think that, yeah, like not only are they opening up on in their confessionals, but they're opening up like around the fire literally to each other. And I feel like you can feel them building their um, friendship bonds and they're getting mm-hmm. deeper every episode, which is so great. And I also um, was going to say with Bryn, I mean, I almost felt more like, I mean, I love when she was like, I think it's okay to talk about how I feel and and how I was affected, but she kind of felt like even though it was so horrible, she didn't really want to go into like talking too much shit about her birth parents. And I feel like mm-hmm. she was like, okay, with talking about her feelings about it. Well, not okay with it, but like, you know, willing to go there, but like, That's not where, yeah. like, kind and of, when she yeah, said she they corrected herself, she's like, yeah, she was like, they didn't, I mean, they couldn't love yeah. me. Like That's her being empathetic toward yeah. them. I was like, yeah. wow, you are such a big person and like yeah. and Bren is truly like my favorite of them all the new, like I think that we have a star on our hands and I agree what, what I will say though is you know these women are so damn interesting to me that it's making up for the lack of drama I know it's I'm beating a dead horse because I continue to bring up Dubai yeah <laughs> but to compare it to, but to compare it to Dubai not only did we not really have drama, mm-hmm. we didn't have interesting women for the most part, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and they weren't on, really friends, right? Right. Whereas on Roni, maybe they aren't giving us the Beverly Hills level drama quite yet, or the old school Roni kooky drama that we people, the haters, are wanting. But what they are giving us in return, and I think it's making up for it, is that I'm genuinely so intrigued by most of these ladies. Jenna Lyons, Aaron, Bren, Sai, Uba. Like the only one I'm really not that interested in is Jessel. And I'm still laughing at how delusional she is. So I mean well, I, I think um, a lot of times, like, there's a lot of negativity that comes from the idea that like we're getting to an era where people that are um entering these shows 
they've been fans of the show. It's not really going to be possible anymore to find someone who hasn't seen the show. But like, so sometimes that becomes like an issue, like with Noella, you know, on OC, like she was doing too much. You could tell that she mm-hmm. was like being very performative. She was like, I'm trying to be a housewife. But I think that one good thing that's come out of the fact that they've kind of seen the show before is that they know what they're signing up for and they know that they're going to have to share their lives. So there's there's not as much of people being like, oh, I didn't think I was going to have to share that. You know, like they're they're like ready to dive into yeah. it because they know what this they, is. They were about. prepared. Yeah. And, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't bring up Watch What Happens Live on Sunday night because Marlo and Bryn were on. I love how on Sunday nights they've been having one Atlanta girly and one New York girly because last week it was Kenya and Sai. And yeah. what I think is really funny is that Kenya and Sai were getting along really well. Mm-hmm. And Sai and Bryn aren't really friends anymore. And we know Marlo and Kenya hate each other. Marlo yeah. and Sa and uh and Bren were getting along really well on Sunday night. So I was like, ooh, we're seeing a division. <laughs> like it's Kenya and Sai versus Marlo and Bren. <laughs> yeah. Now I, I have a, a little bit of a hot take, I would say. Um part of me was kind of feeling like Sai was actually being a little bit like producer-ish in the way that she planned that party, because I mean it it the kind of whole premise of the party was, Hey, you didn't have a family growing up. We're going to make you feel like family. Like it was very nice. It was very heartfelt. I'm not or saying in that scene where she it. told her like, just open up. Yeah. But it was like, but like the whole premise of the party was like about almost Bryn's past. And so I feel like it, that it could was also be inevitable like- that that was going to come up. So I'm not saying that it wasn't also heartfelt and good intention, but I'm just saying there might've been a little bit of a level of that. That was like, I could see a producer being like, Hey, yeah. we're going to have this party. We need you to get Bryn yeah. to open up because in the confessionals, she wasn't fully able to. Yeah. So let's, well, and or, also- well, they should the confessional after, but, but for me, yeah, well, that's the thing. And for me too, I mean, I think that, um, uh, the, that's the one thing that I was missing from Bryn. Not that I like enjoy seeing people upset, obviously, but I think that like, I was getting a little worried, like she's funny, she's beautiful, you know, she's charismatic, but is she just going to be kind of that like Sonia kind of girl or, but now she's giving us like real depth. So I'm, I'm enjoying yeah. that. On that watch what happens. Let's play a quick clip because Bryn has a Bravo crush. Has your dating life changed since you got on the Housewives? Okay, dudes love it. Yes. Yeah, they do. Like, yeah. straights like they it. Do. Yeah, they do. But do they, they want to come do. on and film with you? No, 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 no. Yeah, everyone's like, everyone's so like, babe, Well, They're speaking like, of, the yeah, speaking exactly. of, you revealed uh, when you were on with the with the girls <laughs> that you were kind of into Shep. A little you heard crush. from him. No comment. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. He told me he was going to DM you or he, he did. did DM. Okay. Good. <laughs> what Sorry. Okay, you're I dealing with the mouth, <laughs> the the mouth of the South here. He's, no, he's very sweet. He's very smart. Yes. Very sweet. Yeah. And it's all PG. Okay. Good. It's like about like philosophy and dogs. Okay. We'll Which see our what favorite else Bravo Con. That's right. What do we think, guys? Should Bren and Shep from Southern Charm hit it off? Apparently, they no, were never, never, never. Apparently, yeah. They were just together last night. Ew. Listen, Bren is going to have quite the Bravo body count if I if I had to put my money on it, as she should. As and she so should. if Shep's just her first conquest, that's fine. Get Fuck him. Get it out of your system. Move on to someone better for you. Because yeah, like she because- said, BravoCon's coming up. <laughs> I, BravoCon I, I, is coming up. When he was like, you really don't have any guys in your DMs from Bravo? And she goes, well, I mean, there is BravoCon coming. Like, she is so... She's us. Like she's like she's so she's chronically horny and I live for it. It's like she's just a real person. I fucking love Bren and BravoCon for her is like speed dating. Yeah. It's gonna be so funny to watch. I mean, the way that she like there's like 
I can kind of attest it to Luann. Like, there's just this, like, sexuality and, like, oomph pouring out of her. But Luann's is mixed with delusion. And Brynn is actually, like, hot, young, and vibrant. So it's not delusional. But the way that Brynn opened up the door to everyone and was like, welcome to Brynn's giving. Like, back, just facing them, backless dress. I was like, and then when she was talking to the chef and she was like, well. And so I was like, he's married. And she was like, "Mm, never mind. (laughs) And are you married? And he was like, yeah. And she was like, well, fuck. Everybody's married here. Like, she just... That woman, like, oozes sex appeal, and I just, I love everything about her. I think that, like Reed said, a star has truly been born. Before we move on, um, Jenna being the bone collector uh, was not something I was expecting. And when the producer was basically like, "You're, you know you're playing Housewives, like, why did you say it? And she was like, I, I, I don't know why, I, I don't know why I did. And it's just so funny to watch fashion icon Jenna Lyons, like be brought into the Housewives game without knowing that she's been brought into the Housewives game. Because Housewives, yeah. at the end of the day, is a game of telephone. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a game of telephone, and it's scenes about <laughs> who spoke to who on said telephone. And it's just really, it's kind of camp. I love watching her play this game. We're loving it. And uh, the last thing I'll say, I listened to Los Culturistas this morning, and Bowen Yang is not loving it. And um, Bowen, I need you to like go back and watch again. He said that he would tell Andy to his face that it's not giving what it should be giving. And I just don't agree. I don't agree at all. I think it's giving. I think it's giving more than expected. I think it's it's a first season of Housewives. It's giving. It's giving giving. Okay. But it no, is I like- think that people are still just having a hard time um, like viewing it through that lens because it, mm-hmm. it is... So it is the continuation. It is season whatever, 13 or whatever it is. That's what Bowen said. He's like, I, I find myself going back and watching the old ladies. And I'm like, yeah, because it's a different show. But, but if like, you think but about it, the old it's ladies not a different show. Aren't... Like, so that's the thing. It's like, I mean, if you if you're viewing it that's through the, the lens of comparing it the whole time, then you're not gonna enjoy it for sure. You're not. And I'm literally, you guys know on this podcast, anyone who's listened to this podcast from day one, you know that old Roni is my favorite show of all time. Like, mm-hmm. outside of Housewives, I'm obsessed with it. It's my favorite show. It's my comfort show. And I'm loving the new reboot because it truly took me... It was like a death. It took me, like, two years to realize that that show's never coming back. Even if you bring the same cast members together, it's not going to be the same because these women are so different. They're so far gone. They're so... Like, Sonia and Luann are working on Crappy Lake, but they are so self-produced. They're so fucking funny. They're hilarious, but... If you throw them with Dorinda, who has just fully lost any type of reality, Ramona does not care. Bethany Frankel is a fucking lunatic maniac. This lawsuit that she has going on against Bravo is berserk. And literally, like Zach said um, in our group chat, let's ask the cast members of The Big Shot how they were treated on reality TV. And to talk about the Bethany thing, there's a girl on TikTok. Her name is Bunny. She has like like 2 million followers. Bethany signed her for reality TV contract and tried to own her entire life. She had to go through years of lawsuits because Bethany wouldn't let her create YouTube content, TikTok content, anything because of this failed reality show that they tried to shop to HBO that didn't work. And she locked her into this contract for years where she owned her. But Bethany's now suing NBC because they're doing that to reality stars when you were doing it to people. You have lost it. You are Donald Trump. Get the, I never want to fucking see you on my screen again. I hate you, Bethany Frankel. Guys, let's get into the Real Housewives of Orange County.
I want to make sure you're okay. No, I'm not. I'm not. What's going on with your marriage? Because I hear that there's stuff going on on the internet right now about yeah, yours. That's Is it deflection? No, it's not. Listen, sweetie, just because your relationship is no bueno, don't be coming after mine with dumb lies and rumors from ridiculous sources online. I don't call you. I haven't told you anything bad about John. Okay, that's not true. That's two years ago. No, it was actually a couple months ago. We went to Javier's and you told me a lot of things. I don't know. I don't know what I said. Okay, you did. Okay. Guys, Maddie said it best last week. Tamara came into this with a grudge against Heather because she knows it's what we want to see. She knows uh-huh. that Heather is the only worthy opponent on that cast who's going to give it to her in that moment when they were sitting down. Like, and she literally was talking to Shannon and knew that Tam- Tamara was whispering and was like, now wait a minute over there. Like, what do you, what, what's going on over there? And Tamara kind of got scared both times when Tamara was talking mm-hmm. to Shannon and was like, Oh, I'm going to go. Oh, she's bringing my name into it. I'm going to go tell her off. And then she came into the room and didn't hold that same energy. She just said, why am I in it? And Heather, Heather said something, which I wrote in my notes that really made this all like click when she said to Shannon, I did what I had to do, but I'm not taking the fall for it. Like, yeah, I moved the storyline along, but it's because they were the ones coming to me. And I took that as you're the storyline. I moved it along, but I'm not taking the fall. Like, I didn't talk shit about you. When Gina came to me in the pumpkin patch, I didn't talk shit about you. When Tamara came to me, I didn't talk shit about you. They were the ones moving the storyline. I did what I had to do, but I'm not the one that's going to take the fall. I'm not the I did not take it that way because I feel the exact opposite. I think that she did what she needed to do in the way that she was trying to shut it down on camera. So there's a very big difference here that we need to talk about. And I hate to go back when I'm going to, I'm going to reference what happened last season where I never agreed with Heather being mad at Shannon, because the way that I saw it was like, Shannon went out of her way to say something to Gina and Emily not on camera. She went out of her way to not confirm it on camera. She was never going to bring it up on camera. You tell Gina and Emily something, and then they bring it up on camera. And somehow now again, the person who told them something off camera is the one getting the shit for it. I just don't agree at all. It's it's like, you can just tell that Heather literally did keep that shit in the vault. She never was going to bring it up on camera and she still really didn't. She defended her and she did not say anything about it until she was like pushed to like, and then, yeah, she said in her confessional when she, they brought, that was probably after they broke up though. And that's because she was never going to say that stuff. on. It was definitely after they broke up. You're right. To be honest, as someone who has been in an emotionally abusive relationship, I was a little bit, I don't want to say triggered, but I was very uncomfortable and sad for Shannon watching mm-hmm. her break down at what at 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 her imagining his reaction to all of yeah. this. And it yeah. really reminded me of how I operated when I was in this emotionally abusive situation where my I it could ruin my whole day as like oh my god what's he going to think about this when he finds out and what kind of fight is it going to put us in and I'm going to lose him and I'm never he's never going to love me again and and like, it's very manipulative and abusive. And for him to, it's okay to be private and not want to be filmed and stuff. But for her, you can just see in the way how like, how bothered it made her to imagine what he was going to say when she had to tell him, hey, they're talking about you. It really illuminated to me that she's in an abusive relate. Like, this guy is not good. Well, here's the thing. 
it's not like he's very private, but it's not that he's not willing to film. He's willing to be on camera when it's, when it's, when it's them being good together. And that's the crazy thing about it. It's like, if he was just private period, like, and just didn't want any of that out there, that'd be one thing. But he's specifically basically saying like, I'll do the fake shit on camera. I want the world to see that for sure, but I don't want them to really know what's going on. And I also felt like Heather, as always, like had a very astute uh, reading of the whole situation when she said that, you know, Shannon's way too concerned with what people are saying about her relationship than like actually examining what's going on in her relationship. Like you should be worried about what like is really happening and not, this is all smoke and mirrors. Like, like it's not, it's not Heather or anyone that you should be mad at. You should be mad at your partner. Like, yeah, I mean, when she said, I don't have affairs, like trying to d- do a dig at Heather, and she said, I have arguments that emotionally paralyze me. Bitch, is that better? Like, you like, shouldn't be having emotional arguments that paralyze you at all. No, no one should. That is insane. Okay, Sh- someone on Twitter posted this, and I hate that I don't know who it is, but they were like, Shannon is that moment in Euphoria when Cassie's like, I have never ever been happier in my yes. life yes. i love nate jacob i love john I've yeah never been happier. Oh. um it was just insane i do want to talk about so we get vicky coming into shannon's house to get ready for the event and did y'all catch shannon's daughter reading her for filth when shannon was like oh can i borrow that jacket and her daughter goes well yeah it's an xl and shannon goes oh oh <laughs> i thought i i didn't <laughs> She's like, it's an XL. She said it like, it'll fit you. I yeah, was that's like, it. <laughs> well, that's- even if it wasn't, you know, Shannon is notorious for just showing up with an ill-fitting blazer all the time. I mean, she's one of those ladies who who, who will not who will not go up to a size eight. She will not. No, like, well, the thing yeah. is that you know that Shannon wears like Balmain blazers, and it's like she's in a, she's she's sticking to that size forty, Baba, when she's a good forty six. Yeah. She's a forty six, forty eight yeah. in Balmain. Yeah, it's yeah. like. She's like, I'm going to get back to this size, so I'm just going to keep the blazers. I'm not going to get rid of them. They're so smart. They're so tiny. Um, yeah, always. They're like busting open. It's it's bad. And that's it's all really she- bad. I did say, you know, you guys always like, I always, I was, I used to be so offended when y'all would call me into Shannon in our Trace Amiga situation. And I, I since I, I would choose Shannon over Tamara and Vicky. Like I, I think she speaks the most to me. And I have to be honest. Like Shannon is kind of rising the ranks in like top housewives of all time for me. And I know that sounds a little cray cray because like she's not giving Nene, she's not giving Luann, she's not but giving But she's Pin. been there. She's she but has survived so much. That, like even when they were showing flashbacks, I haven't seen OC yet. And they were showing flashbacks of when she was younger and kind of there's something that's about always Shannon. so weird because it's like that's the same person. What? But Shannon to but me I has love, had like, the she's biggest awkward and trans- quirky. Like she looks and, like, like a different human. I love her yeah. commentary and she honestly knows how to get in the mess. She likes to act like she likes to act like I don't want to talk about my husband, my, my guy on, on the show, but then they cut to the confessionals and she's going at it. Yeah. Well, you know what it is, is that she's genuine and she's truly unhinged. So she gives us good TV and she's very vulnerable. Always. She's always like on the verge of tears. She's always been like, she, she's unintentionally giving us iconic moments like all the time because she's just really acts that way. Like she loses it. Her favorite thing to do is that when she leaves and the camera's following her and she's like, I'm not a crazy person. Yeah. I'm not. I know. She says that every season, every season that she gets into a freak. I'm not a great, I'm not crazy. 
And well, then, and then she's immediately her, yeah. It's like, are you trying to are you trying to convince us or yourself that you're not a crazy person, Shannon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, my thing is that one thing about Shannon that it, it always bugs me, but again, it gives us good moments. But she always does this thing where she exaggerates something that happened, so then she keeps remembering it that way and convincing herself that that's what happened, and then spinning it and spinning it. Like for instance, um, you know when Heather uh, said please leave. I'm asking you to please leave my, my children home. are asleep. Please and then leave. Yeah. And then, um, Shannon for that whole rest of the season was like, you threw me out of your home. Like she always takes it to that next level where she, where Heather was like, I just asked you to leave. And she's like, that's the same thing to me. Like, that's how she processes things. Like if it's, if it's, if it's, please leave, that's you getting like bounced out of someone's house, like physically removed. Like that's how she remembers it. So that's the delusion that creates like such delusions of, Heather, delusions of grandeur. Yeah. When Heather was like, um, I wish you would have told me you were going to be late. And then she was like, you scolded me for being five minutes late. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I just said, I wish you would have told me you're going to be late. Like, but that's how like she processes it. And that's, she's just crazy. Can we talk about Gina <laughs> getting so mad at Shannon for dressing like her from that time in her life? And why did that bother to. Gina so much? But she had to do that because what else are you going to do? Like that was the best. They've been going the at best. it on Instagram. They have been posting photos of themselves in liked outfits on Instagram. It is unhinged, completely unhinged. Um, Shan- Tamara won the dress like your. She looked. No. I thought Sh- I Tamara think Shannon won. won. The the exposed uh, hair extension and like some of it being crimped and some of it not. That was so accurate. And I feel like. Like Gina, you're kidding yourself. Who would go dress up as you as current you? Like that's not funny. It's that's not. not no, you're like, a mess. And current you isn't hello. that great, baby. It's not. It's not lovely. Um, Heather is really the MVP of this season. I feel like she's holding her fucking own. Like when <laughs> she's just like they were all ganging up on her, and she was calling each and every one of them out. When Emily tried to get into like, Emily, stand down. Like no one, no. And then later in the fight, when she was like. It feels like you are trying to create something with me every chance you get, a.k.a. you want me as your storyline because you ain't got nothing and nobody else is giving you mess and you want it with me and I'm not giving it to you, honey. And when Emily literally just paused and said, you got a point. Yeah, shrewd yeah. <laughs> observations always from Heather. She's always given the the good observations. She's always like correct, analytical. Like she's starting to catch up on what's happening. I mean, she said the word Machiavellian, which I've only ever heard in a Taylor Swift song. I know that's the time you've only ever heard so, it. <laughs> am, I, am I correct though that she totally lied to Shannon's face saying no. I didn't tell these girls anything? Because I thought I there's a scene no. on camera of her saying to Tamara you know it's going bad over there. And Tamara just like sits there like this because they just had a conversation about that was Yeah, but I don't think she ever gave the details that that Shannon gave to the other girls that the other girls have given. Like when Emily said he calls her fat um, and then Heather- That was a private conversation. Yeah, and then Heather said- which I think, uh, Annie, you made a great point. It's post-breakup. But Heather said, he Shannon pays for everything. He doesn't sleep over. She can't sleep at his house. They've been together for years. Years. It's it's an emotionally, uh, okay. he's stringing her along. And he's using her for her money yeah. and her her power and her fame. Oh, well, now we know. Because remember, I brought up that question a while back of like when her daughter said, um, I think my mom needs someone who can fulfill her financially and emotionally. Obviously that was the part that she was thinking was missing. Obviously we know that it's both parts, but I'm just saying that like, I think that's what her, her daughter was saying. And that's, I'm glad that we've got to the bottom of that. 
And I think that from if you play all of the flashbacks, all of the flashbacks, even the ones they didn't choose to play in this episode, there's way more footage of every single other girl talking shit about Shannon's relationship and what like one second of maybe Heather like alluding to it like absolutely not she she did not lie she was the most honest in my opinion they've all but been that's talking. where I think that when I said that when Heather said like I did what I had to do was like in those moments where she was kind of moving the story along but shutting it down but everyone else was the one that was actually like prodding her for mess because they yeah. knew that Shannon had confided in her and like she said you I hadn't con- someone else brings it up she still wasn't talking about it I think that's very big of her to be honest with you it is, because um, I knew that she knew that Shannon would fly off the handle like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, like, the magic of this kind of reminded me of, like, the Bunko party, where everybody's screaming at each other in these ridiculous costumes, and Vicky's back into the fold, and, like, there's mess, and, like, Vicky's even connecting with Jennifer, the new girl, and is like, I've heard you've taken a lot of it, and I'm sorry about that. And you have Taylor in the mix, who just tried to get one word in, when she's like, but is it the truth? <laughs> it's just... It's like, everyone's trying to get camera time, everyone's trying to fight, but the real fight is between the core girls, and it's just... OC has found its magic again, and I think that they just need to stick with this because it's what we want to see, and it's old school. It really feels like old school Housewives, and I'm it's really so fun. They're it's all delivering. Fun. Taylor is giving very like Taylor is doing the thing that I expected Taylor to do, where she's trying a little too hard to like insert herself into things. Like when they're sitting around and they're talking about like. Shannon says things are fine. And then Taylor like drunkenly is interjects and is like, but are they fine? And it's like, Taylor, you just got debriefed on this situation five <laughs> minutes ago. Like you have no role in this conversation. As Dorinda said, like, you have no skin in this game. But she's trying to get her like <laughs> self in there. And then we haven't even talked about Vicky this episode. Um, She looks amazing in that confessional. She way. looks incredible. The way she winked at the producer, she's like, use your imagination. I was like, this is she's, a mother. She's come back and she's lost the ego. She knows that she has to kind of just like be herself to even get a cast spot again. I think friend of is the perfect spot for Vicky when she's willing to be friend of. Because that yeah. season where she was friend of, she wasn't willing to be friend of. We still got some home scenes with her and they were kind of stringing her along. And I think that this is a sweet spot for her and we get enough doses of her where... We miss her, but we don't get full time Vicky. I don't need full time Vicky. Did uh, Vicky ever? I love friend of Vicky. Did Vicky ever share a season with like Emily and Gina, or are they like? New oh no, she Vicky? shared like like five seasons with them. Yeah. Oh, okay. She hated them. <laughs> well, I can tell. I can tell. Yeah. There's like residual hatred, and I have to just say, like, also Emily. Like, I've seen people on Twitter say Emily's finally learning how to be a housewife. I haven't seen the past, but I can agree because I don't think Gina does a very good job. Emily is like getting in the mess. It's so funny. Yeah. Emily's housewife side came out, I think, the most last season. It was kind of like a slow uphill battle. Like she was learning more and more and she's finally found her sweet spot. I think that Emily's a good housewife. I think she's a, a great housewife, I would even say. Like I think that Gina is kind of the one who tries to get into mess but doesn't really articulate herself well. Like she can hightail it for me. Well, um, I always uh, say that Vicky is the um, Ramona of the OC. Um, and like, that's is a prime example. I feel like Vicky was uh, unwilling to play with the new kids and and had too much of an ego to like try to bond with them. She thought she was too good to do that. And she got booted. It didn't work anymore because she wouldn't like get into the mix. And I think Ra- the same thing happened with Ramona. Ramona was unwilling to, you know, let anyone into the fold and that 
ultimately led to, you know, her demise. Um, and same with Luann, you know, but them just like, you got to play or you're going to, or you're going to go. It's not that they're going to go. You might just go. Exactly. That's the game. And Vicky was net, like you said, never willing to play. And that is how an old housewife stays on. You have to be willing to play. That's why it lasts, you know, that's how you last. That's how Shannon lasts. Like you just said, like, that's totally how she's lasted all these reboots, all these cast changes, because she truly just sticks to her unhinged self. And she's going to be unhinged around whoever comes around. Because that's what I was saying. She's so vulnerable. So she's willing to open up to anyone and be friends with whoever if she vibes with them. So that's that's the thing about it. That's totally it. Um, I'm loving I love this season of OC. I love this episode. Let's get into a quick recap of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. I, we started really extremely bad. toxic. You know, our relationship yep. was bipolar, you know? I would agree, Toya. Your relationship with Drew is definitely bipolar. Or bi. Either way, it works. So we squashed our beef, and then you guys are in Portugal, and Marlo sends me all these videos of Drew. <laughs> Hello, Marlo. How are you? Oh, hi, Marlo. You guys on the bus? That's Marlo. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> What's right. going on? I didn't know. I thought that's what I was being summoned for. No, we were having a conversation about the videos. Right. Why were you sending the videos? I just sent the videos to her so she could see them for herself. You said when she sees no, you, no, she no. always speaks highly on you. Like she likes you and for to be sitting there talking I about you. Her trip. I didn't even know that we were back from Portugal, honey. I thought we were still on the fucking trip. <laughs> I was really bamboozled when we opened up to Sanya's home. I was like, what? No, wait a goddamn minute here. I thought, that we were still, I thought we were still on the Bolo trip. I thought, well, apparently we are. <laughs> um, guys, it really warmed my heart to see Cynthia Bailey back. I thought I'd never say those words. I'm yearning for <laughs> some kind of nostalgia and something in Atlanta and yep, seeing Cynthia it. in that wrinkled orange silk dress coming into the party. Bitch, you oh. couldn't find a steamer anywhere, Cynthia. Really, really. That was um, a top shop dress. That was a top shop dress. And that like fur jacket was even wrinkled. I was like, Cynthia mama. But I will say like, she got a confessional and Cynthia is known for her confessionals. She looked large. Eye makeup, baby girl. Eye makeup. One thing Cynthia Bailey will bring you is lack of storyline and massive looks. She is so goddamn stunning. Um, That confessional was really pretty. And I love that we got a solo scene with her and Candy and, um, Kenya tweeted that Cynthia had filmed like three more solo scenes with her, but all of Kenya's scenes are being cut. Like apparently Kenya's opening up a spa and that was her main storyline this season. And we have heard none of it. So it did make said, me a little sad that um, Cynthia's entry back in was one-on-one with Candy and not Kenya. That felt like, you know, that. It was so apparently her one-on-one back in was okay. like three solo scenes with Kenya already. Okay. And then, 
like using i'm guessing the confessional they used with her talking about girlship was probably from one of those previous scenes and they made I'm glad it they this. i'm glad they cleared that up because i think we were all wondering if they were back on if they were i was yeah i was like is she a friend of the season why does she have a confessional well, it's kind of like Vicky. It's like when you have such a long standing and you're like, like Cynthia's a makeshift OG. We started in season three, like been on for like 10 seasons, over 10 seasons. Um, you know, you get, you get a confessional no matter how many scenes you have. Um, Latoya, Latoya, Latoya. Latoya. I, Latoya. I haven't met yet in my journey. <laughs> oh, yeah. You met- she's great. She's great. She's fab. She's unhinged. She is um, gorgeous. Gorge, Gorgina. She's gorgeous. She's pretty, just yeah. very pretty little short ball of sex appeal. Um, I think that yeah, she's like hot AF. Um, I don't care if her and Drew pecked on the lips. Um, and it's I never the only, cared the first time. I, I never, never cared, the but first I need time. to know the truth. Well, I think that they're ever gonna know. I think that they everybody was fucking sucking and eating and, yeah. and all of the things during that party. The cameras went down, as Portia said famously, one of you bitches eating me tonight. I think bitches were eating and bitches were kissing, oh. and I think that that's totally fine and fair, and just let it be. But I think yeah. that their problem is that Drew is a pathological liar, and okay, that okay. is very apparent. When Marlo was talking to Drew's husband... <laughs> to ralph and she was like that's what you wake up every day and that's okay like that you I was, you wake up with a liar and that's okay okay so my friends hate marlo they hate her so much that they can't even like set their bias aside and enjoy her when she's objectively funny and i'm the only one in the room that's ever there to be like guys marlo's funny i don't know what you're not seeing but she's funny and in that scene i i that was one of the scenes i pointed to where i'm like how can you not enjoy marlo just a little bit because that is just funny the way she's like listen ralph i know you're going through a lot you know you don't know what personality you're gonna wake up to it it reminded me i used to fight used to me and my mom fight a lot and when i was when i was younger like read uba said call your mom fight a lot my dad would always take my mom's side even when i know he could see she was acting crazy because my mom had early onset menopause and I had, and I was going through puberty at the same time. So we were like, it was like a war zone in our house. And I, as, and as a middle schooler, I remember I would say things to my dad, very similar to what Marlo said to Ralph, where I'd be like, dad, I just, you know, I just feel bad for you because like to be married to that is just, (laughs) and like, as soon as you like say something like that, and then they're like, hold on, hold on. Don't, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're like listening to you. It's like, it's like you trick them into agreeing. Like, I yeah. just feel so bad. You're going through so much. And he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And she's like, like your crazy wife. <laughs> yeah. I I had the same uh situation with uh but it's flipped. It was my dad was the crazy one, but I would say the same thing too. And she just uh, you know, she just well, she eventually left him, but she just wouldn't really like engage in it because you know you can't but i mean if your child is saying that to you that's one thing but marlo had like no um right to say that but it was funny um he did a good job i think of like not uh engaging in that you know yeah he was like listen i'm even though you can tell he kind of like hates drew too he definitely did not uh diminish his wife on camera in that moment um but yeah, I just want to know what the truth is because it's like, yes, Drew's a pathological liar, but you have Kenya, Candy, and Marlo claiming they saw it, but now they're all walking it back. And then that footage at the very end of the episode kind of made Candy look like maybe she made it up. So I'm just kind of like very confused. Well, I think that there was a lot going on that night, understandably so. Um, and my thing was, 
I never cared. Like Kenya wanted to have this whole kind of investigation about this night. It was so annoying. It was so um was like, kind of almost like outing people, slut yeah. people. Um, I always hated that whole thing. And I never and I thought I feel like she was honestly almost like a little bit jealous because she wasn't, she's not as much of a freak. And instead of like, so she wanted to chastise everyone for it because she went to bed and she missed out on all the fun. Um, but I think that um that really like diving into it. Okay. Sorry. Hold on. Let me compose myself. (laughs) Um, they decided to literally have all the cameras go down and have stuff go on behind closed doors. That was the whole point of it. It was always going to be a secret. So when people are doing crazy sex stuff, it was always my understanding that it was going to be in a vault. And so I'm just not mad at anyone for not wanting to divulge it. Drew's probably lying, but like, that's her right. She was never planning on talking about it. It was an agreement that we were not going to talk about what happens this night. So we're not talking about it. I think that this is just the amuse-bouche to the lesbian storyline that Drew is having to come up is not having, but is coming up with that eventually leads to the downfall of her marriage. So they're le- yeah. they're leading us into this yeah. because they probably already are hearing rumblings that she is yeah. twiddling with. Is it a basketball player? A woman's basketball player? Something of the sort? I don't know. Oh, a rapper. Oh, no, there's a there's a whole lesbian who's involved uh, with a woman right now. That yeah. yes, a, a stud like a a stud woman. A stud. Not a stud. <laughs> that's that okay. PC. So, okay. okay, here's the thing. I don't know. Um, I'm old. That's what they used to call it. Do you think that Nini told Carlos King, you know, with her dream cast, it, it, it included Drew? Is that because Drew, uh, Drew is, like, good for the show right now? Or does she legitimately like Drew always? No, I think that, well, Drew and Nini have never had a season together. But I think that Drew has had so much mess in the press. Look at me rhyming. Nini sees it. Um, and then and Candy Nini's said this it, week. She, she also Candy, knows that, like. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But Candy said this week that her dream cast would include Portia and Nini as well. And she said specific especially Nini's and she has so much to say about Atlanta so I mean they're definitely like kind of sparring already but I think that they would welcome her back I think so too but I think that we're I think that um like Drew has such a good relationship with Portia so that's like an ally that she needs and I think that would bring Portia into the mess and even recently like Portia and Kenya have followed each other on Instagram again which will I mean get those women on screen for two seconds and that won't be that will not last, but there's relationships that are at fold here. And that's what we need. Um, I, you know, that's well, all if, they're, if they're leaving all this in as an intention to lead us up to the, the final real lesbian storyline, then that's really the only thing that would make it forgivable because other than that, I'm like, why am I watching this? But I, I will say that like, there were so many bad looks at this party. Bad. The only yeah. good one was Marlo's. Yeah. And uh, that Judith Lieber peach bag, that's like a $6,000 bag. I was loving that. Uh, And on theme. And on theme. But like, oh my gosh. Okay. Drew's dress. I knew something was off the moment she walked in. And then when they flash back to Kenya wearing the same dress in her confessional, find out that she was wearing it the wrong way. Poor girl. She had the strap on the wrong side. Oh no. But that's the kind of dress that it was wearing her. Yeah. You can't wear that dress unless you are body like porsche bbl body down waist He's gotta be protruding out here yes there the the ass gotta be ass and the titties gotta be titting and the stomach gotta be on flat flat because if but not also, it all jumbles up no amount yeah, of spanks or skims will save like you a circle but most importantly though 
like have circle, you bitch. someone walking down the street and you're like, oh no, because this whole asymmetrical thing is like very big right now. So there's like a kind of strap that goes, you know, on the other side or it's supposed to be crisscross. And have you seen people like wear it the wrong way where they're like, oops. And he does a, and he does a good asymmetrical. Yeah. You do a good asymmetrical bodysuit moment with like a little Thank ladies you. there. Yeah, that's, that's your vibe guys. That's all we have on Atlanta. Uh, thank you so much for listening. You know where to find us about underscore Bravo, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. We are coming at you with new Patreons. We're going to do about three this month. We got a lot of stuff planned. We got Roni with me, Reed, and my boyfriend, Colson, a Roni season 10 recap. If you aren't caught up on that, rewatch that. It'll be so fun. We got Big Brother with me, Raddy, Maddie, and Reed. Raddy, that's your couple name. Annie and Maddie are going to do another Below Deck recap, um, sailing down under all the things thank you guys so much for listening bye yeah